Hey, what do you know, Chapeau? Well, it's funny you should ask, Stupendous. I've just been in a meeting, and apparently, I know a former dabbler, lot we. Oh, okay, Chapeau, I get it. You're an important guy. I really don't appreciate it that you're going around and gloat about it as well. Uh, Sacre Blue Stupendous, I thought you, uh, I, I was just, uh, well, it was always nice talking with you, Stupendous. Oh, hey, oh, all right, Chapo. You know, I, I just really wanted to let you know that I know something important. You may not know it. No, I don't think Senor Alaswipo knows it either. You know, Stupendous, I'd never been uninterested in anything you know or would like to tell me. So tell me, Stupendous, what is it that you know? Oh, this is huge news, Chapo. It's, it's about the Ragnarok Raiders, you know. Uh, I think that would be the team of uh, Arik and Ishtar, am I correct? Yeah, them. I hear they'll be coming down to Lush Wrestling Show Studios in the future. They're going to be checking out all the facilities we have here. Now that is a very surprising, Stupendous. That is news to me. Hey, hey, Chapo, look. It's, it's Senior Alice Wipo. He's coming over here. Oh, you know what? You should tell him about uh, Reek and Ishtar. Give him a heads up, if you will. You know how much Senior Alice Wipo despises the Ragnarok Raiders. So this would definitely help. Uh, hey, uh, chapeau, uh, stupendous. You know, uh, I'm heading down to the Le Food Pavilion. Uh, would you like to join me for lunch? Oh, that is the best idea I've ever heard all day. Chapeau, I heard there's a special on ribeye steaks and your mama. Uh, that's hilarious, stupendous. Now, I thought you wanted to let a certain Signora Alaswipo in inside. Um, you some information that you know? Or should I let him in? Should I tell him? Should I tell Signora Alaswipo everything? Uh, Chapeau, uh, stupendous. What are you saying? Oh, you better sit this. You better sit down for this one, Signora Alaswipo. Oh, it's a doozy, all right. Prepare yourself. It's it's about the Ragnarok Raiders. Yes, it's Rick and Ishtar. They're coming to the studios, Senior Lalas Hypo. So, if you uh, have you considered on taking some time off when they visit, it'll be perfectly fine with us. Uh, uh, what, uh, what would I do that for, Chapeau? Uh, I'm the one who invited them here in the first place. Time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at a week of WWE action. Starting with the flagship, Monday Night Raw. Then we move to the NXT 2.0. Then we go to the developmental version with the NXT's Level Up. And to close off the show, we bring it right back to the main roster for Friday Night Smackdown. So, with that all said, it's time to start the show. So, if you will please, Maestro, sing us in!
And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling as he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from San Jose, California. It's Monday Night Raw, air date September 19th, 2022. This episode is The Road to Crown Jewel and Extreme Rules. Let's go. Uh, well, Bo. Well, Bo, welcome to Season 4 of The Wrestling Show, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and tonight we're going to start our podcast off with a very cynical review slash look back at the latest episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into the meat of the show, first a quick shout-out to the non-competitors, the foundation of the show, if you will. Now, representing the authority figure, it's usually Adam Pierce. Next, getting... All the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, they're the team of Kevin Patrick and Sarah Schreiber. And last but certainly not least, the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, some may even call them the narrators of the show, like more. They're the team of Corey Graves, Jimmy Smith, and the ever-jacked Byron Saxton. Now, without any further cadoos, let's get on with the show. And with that said, a quick note before the show starts is uh, the fact that there are a couple of absentees one absentees again for the longest longest time off it's Roman Reigns the raw raw champion Roman Reigns is uh, not here again but he has promised to be uh, appearing at Smackdown so that's something last Smackdown he was pure he was um, promoted to be at next SmackDown, which is, I guess, that's something. Wow. Roman Reigns, he's never there. He's ne- Unless, of course, he's uh, going to ask be, ask be a guest on Impulsive, then he's there. But when it comes to work, he's never, ever, ever there. Okay, well, how fulfilling. And, of course, who else is not there? The entire bloodline. Jimmy and Jay Uso, um... You know, the Raw Tag Team Champions also not there. Okay, now, with that said, we start off the show with something huge. It is the United States Championship title match. That's right. Representing the championship gold, it's Bobby Lashley. Now, I suspected with Bobby Lashley winning the gold off Theory a little while ago, uh, when he was Theory, um, he would be a long-term title holder. So if he can't be a long-term title holder, he's going to lose to his opponent today, which is Seth Rollins. So how is uh, Bobby Lashley going to retain? Why? We'll think about that, how that's going to happen later, because right now we got ourselves, well, I think Seth Rollins is one of the greats of all time, in-ring performer and uh, straight-up uh, Mike Skills. He's uh, he's the architect, true architect. He is uh, the true architect, I must say. 
And uh, yeah, he's one of the greatest. And Bobby Lashley, he's he's an incredible athlete. He's an incredible athlete and an incredible performer. Period. And he's he's going to be a long-term uh, United States champion for a reason, because uh, there's no real uh, future in him with the uh, you know the big championship gold. <laughs> I mean, he might as well do something when he's not chasing the real gold, right? <laughs> what? Like I say. There only can be one champion. Not everyone can be the number one champion. Okay, so now this match. This match was really good. Like I say, a very uh, competitive match. Um, Seth Rollins going for tope suicidas and stuff like that. They, they went all out. They went all out. It was great. Even though I think there's one part where Seth Rollins takes out uh, Bobby Lashley with a tope. They fight outside for a bit and Bobby Lashley does his patent... He gets uh, Seth Rollins on his um, into a fireman's carry and charges Seth Rollins headfirst into the ring post. Now I think like, ping! I think these things like that, uh, when you use your, uh, when you use uh, outside things as weapons, like uh, when Bobby Lashley uses, uh, rams your head into a ring post, that should be automatic disqualification. When you get thrown into the steel stairs, automatic disqualification. Thrown in through a table, uh, disqualification. Uh, chairs, thrown through chairs, disqualifications, you know. But it's not. But if you use a, a little stick, like a kendo stick, and bash someone with it, that's a disqualification. What? Why? Regardless of the hypocrisy of wrestling. The match goes on, and this doesn't end it for Seth Rollins. He fight on. Now we get to one point of the match where Seth Rollins counters a spear of uh, Bobby Lashley. Now Bobby Lashley's spears, they're not like a regular spear. You know, it's not like a Goldberg spear. You know, not like a uh, um, edge spear. His spear is a front bump. He does a, he runs at you and does a front bump at you. He does a front bump at you. So with this is weird because uh, Seth Rollins counters, if it, Seth Rollins would counter any spear with a um, pedigree, yeah, look great. But because it's Bobby Lashley's front bump spear, this almost turned into a, a pile driver. Yeah, that's right, a pile driver. It could have been very devastating for Bobby Lashley because his dumb, dumb spear. Okay, regardless of that maneuver, we move on. Um, now eventually the end sequence was this Bobby Lashley gets Seth Rollins into his hurt lock that's right the big old uh, um, what's that the uh, yeah his finishing move the full Nelson the full Nelson I'm thinking what is his move it's called the hurt lock it's a full Nelson gets it on there and Seth Rollins struggles with this move and he finally Seth Rollins gets to the ropes Referee doesn't stop the match, though, because, uh, you know, Seth Rollins could have just uh, put his foot to the rope, and that's, uh, he could have broken that move right there. But Seth Rollins ends up climbing the ropes and jumping through. Bobby Lashley falls to the ground backwards. Seth Rollins uh, rolls through and tries to get uh, Bobby Lashley's shoulders to the ground. So uh, now uh, Seth is pinning Bobby Lashley. Bobby then kicks out while he kicks out. Seth Rollins... I guess he rolls onto the ref. His legs like bump into the ref, and of course, this ref made be made of uh, paper. Just a little. Oh, he falls onto the referee. He just basically falls onto the ref. 
not really that much. He tumbles onto the ref, and Bobby Lashley does not relinquish the hold. Picks up Seth Rollins and starts to uh, apply the uh, hurt lock once again. Referee is down, going, oh, 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 I don't think I can go on. Oh, I think I might be dying here. I really, I really do. You know, overplaying this uh, huge uh, little situation. And while this is happening, referee is like uh, overcoming death itself. Seth Rollins uh, with a back kick crushes Bobby Lashley's groin. And then Seth Rollins uh, sets up for his uh, curb stomp. But while he sets up, Rhett Riddle, Matt uh, Riddle runs to the ring. Seth Rollins gets his attention. Matt Riddle, he, before he rolls in, he stops. He stops short of rolling into the ring in a fight. Seth Rollins, of course, is incensed by the whole situation. He gives uh, Riddle his 100% attention, undivided attention. And by the time Seth Rollins turns around, he gets the front bump spear by Bobby Lashley and... One second later, the three counts done. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley is victorious. And it's is it thanks to uh, Riddle? You know, Riddle, didn't do, Riddle really didn't do anything except just uh, get uh, um, Seth Rollins' attention. But anyways, Bobby Lashley, you know, retains his championship gold. And that's wonderful, I suppose. Now, here we go. Here's this funny. Damage Control. CTRL, I think they should be called Damage Central. But uh, they are taking control of the women's division, which I guess... Uh, I think maybe CTRL can stand for both Control and Central. At least I think uh, they're both very important words. So, why they do it, they come in there. They got these ribbons, this whole a box of a ribbons explode out of the ring uh, well you know like uh streamers a bunch of streamers just blow out like a this explosion of streamers and this is what's funny it looked great when it happened these streamers shooting through the air and when they landed they covered like one quarter of the ring like uh, draping the ring uh um the ropes draping the ropes completely blocking off like a good majority of the front row crowd the big pay crowd, like a quarter of them, couldn't see what the heck was going on. Thanks to those streamers. Thanks to those streamers. So it's basically the appreciation day of uh, damage control, taking over the women's tag team division. And while they're uh, talking about uh, um, taking over, you know, because they're saying that Bianca, Oscar, and Alexa, um, uh, they used to be the face of the uh, of the company. Really? I'm not sure. When was uh, Alexa? Really, really the face, or when was Oscar really the face? I don't remember them ever being the face, you know. I mean, of course, Bianca is the face of uh, WWE right now. She's a Raw Women's Champion. I mean, what does what says face more than that? I don't know. So, anyways, while they're talking stuff about uh, Bianca, Oscar, and Alexa, they all join the ring. That's right, all three of them. They confront uh, Damage Control. Bailey makes fun of uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, Lily big time. And then they scrap, they start scrapping, and uh, Bailey gets uh, uh, punched and stuff. Well, she gets knocked out. Well, regardless, Bailey gets pulled out of the ring by Dakota Kai and Yo Sky, and like always, before a big uh, rivalry, it's they're looked down upon. Damage Cole's looked down upon like second time on their uh, opponents, and their opponents being, uh, of course. Uh, 
Alexa Bliss and her friends, Asuka and Bianca. Bianca. Now, here we go. Our next match. Number match number two. Two. Now, it is the man with such great potential. Great mic skills, great wrestling skills. He is, uh, he can go for days. It's awesome theory. Versus one of the crowd favorites and one of my favorites and one of the best in the business. He has got one of the greatest minds in the business, one of the greatest wrestlers, and he's, he's straight up one of the greatest. He is Kevin Owens. Number two, part two, I believe. How is this match going to go? Well, this match was uh, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible, this match. Uh, I would say this match could be match of the night, but it started off rough for Kevin Owens. You see, uh, before Kevin can get into the ring, he's attacked by Austin Theory. Knocked off the ring apron and then thrown head first into the barricade. That's right. What a tough start for Kevin Owens. But this match, of course, Kevin Owens was just, it's, it just showcases everybody's greatest talents. Kevin Owens, uh, what an amazing high flyer he is, but not too much. Austin Terry and uh, Kevin Owens putting together some uh, innovative maneuvers, innovative offensive maneuvers. Uh, with the uh, Austin Theory giving the uh, neck breaker, he slides uh, Kevin Owens out of the ring on his back and then uh, gives a neck breaker outside the ring. That's incredible. And, of course, here's an incredible move. Uh, it's like a blockbuster um, to Kevin Owens. Theory, Austin Theory, uh, starts it by a front roll and gets such incredible height on his front bump. It's incredible that uh, he can literally grab a standing Kevin Owens and uh, whew, incredible, incredible feat of uh, athleticism by Austin Theory. And with that, he goes for a pin attempt, does not work. Then he gets Kevin Owens up and drops him um, like Brain Buster style, Brain Buster neck breaker on his knee, drops him Brain Buster style on his knee, goes for a couple more pin attempts, doesn't work. Kevin Owens is kicking out of all his pin attempts. Theory decides, well, that's it. I think it's time to grab my Money in the Bank belt, my title, Money in the Bank briefcase, and, you know, go to town on Kevin Owens. So by the time he turns around to grab his Money in the Bank Briefcase, why? Someone else has already grabbed it. And it's, that's right, Johnny Gargano grabs the briefcase. And he's like, you want this? Uh, you're, you're looking for this? Um, I, you, do you want this? Referencing, what are you doing? Get out of here. I'm not sure why he's doing that for. I mean, Johnny Gargano's not really doing nothing. You know, uh, I mean, he knows that uh, if Theory grabs, Austin Theory grabs the briefcase, it's uh, an illegal item. Anyways, Theory is really upset with the whole situation. And he's distracted too long. And by the time he focuses on to Kevin Owens, he gets a big old kick to the face. A slap-o! He falls to the corner. And then with the cannonball, that's right, Kevin Owens crushes Theory into the corner. And then whips him into the ropes. Pop a powerbomb later. One second later. One, two, three. Kevin Owens with the big victory. That's right, Kevin Owens looking great. Again, this match was... A really good match. Match of the night, I said. Did I say match of the night? Yes, it was match of the night. Now, insult to injury. Theory, Austin Theory's on the ground there, licking his wounds while, you know, uh, Johnny Gargano comes in to return the money in a bank briefcase and drops it directly on his nuts. Whammo! Like I say, my pen and whammo! Okay, 
Now we go backstage with uh, Kevin Patrick with Riddle on Seth Rollins and uh, what he's been doing. He talks about his interfering with his match and stuff like that with uh, Bobby Lashley. And uh, Riddle's like saying it's uh, it's payback. You know, I'm going to do this until uh, until I get a rematch. I'm going to be doing this all the time. Expect this. Expect more of this. Seth Rollins. And of course, he's got a, a tag team match with Bray Mysterio against uh, the Judgment Day. And he's looking forward to help out a bro. Bray Mysterio helped out uh, him. Because uh, last week, Bray Mysterio helped him out. That's right. He was there for a riddle last week. Okay, so now we got ourselves from SmackDown. From a SmackDown, we got the Brawling Brutes who won their little uh, uh, tournament there, little matchy there, you know, to uh, become the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championship Gold. So I guess this is, uh, they come down to Raw to say, yes, if we win, if we beat the Usos, we, will be, we can go to both shows. Well, tell that to the Usos because they're not here. And of course, we got ourselves uh, the Street Profits come to the ring. And uh, well, they're like saying the opposite. They're like, well, they don't think uh, they got much faith in uh, the brawling brutes and stuff. I'm paraphrasing and whatnot. But here's the thing Montez Ford, I guess Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins got uh, two different sports looks now. Angelo Dawkins is like the uh, um, basketball and. Montez Ford is the uh, baseball, wearing the baseball pants. That's right. But anyways, who cares about but their, their wardrobe and uh, it's still sports uh, related, or, although they're both wearing uh, baseball jerseys. So Angelo's looking kind of a uh, mixed matchy there. So here we go. The match of uh, Rich Holland, Butch, uh, Man Bun Butch versus... Uh, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Uh, now, in this match here was very funny because uh, I would think, at least the WWE would like you to think, the fans to believe that uh, the tag ropes in tag matches mean something that if you're not grabbing the tag rope, you're not making a tag. So if you're not making a tag rope, you're either high-fiving your partner or you're slapping them on the back or patting them on the back and they're not tagging. And here's the thing. Here's the first one. Um, Rich Holland hits the ropes there. And Pete Dunne slaps Rich Holland in the back. But the referee saw that something different. Referee thought, oh, you tagged yourself in. Wonderful. But he really didn't because there's no tag rope ever being seen here. So bad on this referee when this happened. But anyways, um, it didn't work. The double team did not work. And the match continues. And later on in the match was a nice double team on... Uh, um, the uh, Brawling Brutes. That's right. It's uh, the double team. It's the, uh, what's that? The Power Bomb and the, uh, what's that? Blockbuster. The Super Blockbuster Power Bomb combo by the Street Profits. But it doesn't work. Does not work. Pete Dunne um, is broken up by Rich Holland. For all people. But later on in the match. We got ourselves them trying again. Um, Montez Ford, Angel Dawkins gets uh, Rich Holland up for their massive power bomb, you know, uh, blockbuster, blockbuster power bomb combo. But this time, Pete Dunne meets uh, Montez Ford on top rope and grabs his fingers and starts pulling his fingers 
tugging his fingers a bit. And Montez like, no, no, my fingies. And Rich Holland gets off the back of Angelo. Um, Montez gets dropped off the top rope. Pete Dunne rolls back to his corner, jumps up, and a Rich Holland and Pete Dunne high-five each other. But the referee didn't see that. Referee assumed that they were, uh, it was a tag, but if it was a tag, then Pete Dunne would definitely have been holding the rope. Now, they've been tagging in and out of this match, and a lot of times they have been using the ropes while tagging in and out. When I say they don't tag in, it means that this is times that they haven't used the ropes, the tag rope. But uh, now and then they use the tag ropes. The tag ropes are being used, but not all the time, which is ridiculous. It makes no sense. There's, not continu there's no continuity. Okay, so now with the legal tag. Rich Holland gets uh, Montez Ford into the uh, Eat My Balls power slam position. Uh, Pete Dunne goes with a, a big swifting uh, sidekick to the side of the head of uh, Angelo. Angelo then quickly power slammed. Wham! And Pete Dunne crawls on top with a big pin. Now it's looking better for... Uh, now I knew uh, Rich Holland Butch would win. They call him Pete Dunne. I think they call him Pete Dunne. But Butch would win. It's like they got their match coming up and they can't lose their uh, warm-up match or pre-match you know for uh, they gotta look strong to strong going in against the Usos so it's a shame that uh, the Street Profits again again the Street Profits wow they're such a talented team and they're being treated like this they're like literally I call a lot of people who's being now Lucha bro the uh, Lucha House Party I compared to a lot of people like Lucha the Lucha House Party who got a lot of talent but uh they're treated like a red-headed stepchild. Uh, so just like the uh, Street Profits, they might as well be called the Lucha House Party these days. Nothing bad. Nothing bad. Anyways, we go backstage with Sarah Schreiber with Rey Mysterio on, uh, well, the gruesome beatdown on Edge and his uh, relationship with uh, his son, Dominic. Well, he feels that Edge is down, but he's not out, and that's true. Edge will be back in a couple of months. You know, he's just part-time. When he's back, he's going to have something good. Something big planned uh, against the. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna have something big planned. It's Edge. It's Edge. He's not retired. He's just out for a little bit to regroup. Anyways, he talks about that and is. Uh, he still thinks there's hope for uh, Dominic. And right now, Riddle's up there to help him out uh, to drop the hammer of judgment on Judgment Day. It's true. It's true. Now with that, we go backstage with uh, the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable and Otis stopping Johnny Gargano. They have a problem with Johnny Gargano, you know, after Johnny did destroy uh, Chad Gable. But they got a problem because Johnny got involved with the match with uh, Theory, Austin Theory. You know, he didn't really get involved. He just uh, grabbed the briefcase, which had no business being in the part of the match in the first place. So they have a problem with him. But Kevin Owens is backing up. Of course, like, like last week, you talked about, uh, you know, Gargano in the same breath. So, you know, right now the alliance is coming together. Gargano and... That's right. Kevin Owens. Now, Kevin Owens and uh, Alpha Academy, they used to be friends. They used to be help each other out. And how quickly they dropped that one. You know, I don't like that. You know, it's like they got no history at all now. It just sucks. They don't bring it up at all. But, you know, what are you going to do? Sometimes you drop the ball. Sometimes you don't. Okay, anyways, we go into the ring now with our big match. It's uh, Judgment Day. 
You know, it's Damien Priest and Finn Balor in tag team match, but they had a, a little moment in the ring there, a little uh, promo. Talk about Dominic being a, a brave man. A brave man, not just a regular man, a brave man now. And uh, it's crazy. The heat Dominic's getting, wow. There's the ocean of booze. Incredible. Dominic doing some incredible things in the WWE. Congratulations, Dominic. You're doing some good stuff. Let's hope you can keep this this roaring momentum up. So now, here we go. The match. Matt Riddle and Rey Mysterio versus The Judgment Day. Now, I was hoping maybe uh, soon. I thought I was hoping this match here would be uh, Rey Mysterio actually uh, hoping, turning his back on Riddle, you know, attacking Riddle in the hopes of... Uh, him and uh, his son Dominic getting back together as father and son, a loving family, bringing his family back together again. It's like, what would Rey Mysterio do to be a, a family once again? I thought, will he, is he willing to uh, stab Riddle in the back? I think, oh, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. But it never happened. In fact, in this match, they actually had a uh, tangent move. Riddle and uh, Rey Mysterio, a tangent move. It was ridiculous looking. Uh, Riddle gets... Uh, Rey Mysterio into like an atomic drop picks him up for like an atomic drop and then but he drops him down but instead of an atomic drop uh, Rey Mysterio does a double leg drop and then Riddle drops down too with a leg drop also and they're squashing Finn Balor with a, a double leg drop how about that how about that huh okay it was a lot of fun this match was back and forth a lot of fun a lot of fun and I believe the end sequence uh, Riddle being thrown out of the ring by Finn Balor. Um, the referee being distracted. Rhea Ripley getting involved with the backdrop driver on Riddle. That's right. Oh my goodness. What's No one's seen that, right? So in the ring, we got uh, Rey Mysterio trying to set up uh, Finn Balor for a 619. Rey Mysterio gets slid out of the ring by, Finn, uh, by uh, Damien Priest. He gets pulled out of the ring. Riddle gets involved, comes out there, and then kicks um, Damien Priest in the face, and then follows through with a, a just crushing him, just a tope out of the ring there. Just smashing into uh, Damien Priest. Does a back, does a front flip onto Damien Priest, temporarily take him out of action. Take him out of action. While in the ring, it's uh, Finn Balor and uh, Rey Mysterio, Balor more. Rey Mysterio gets a nice 619, boom, onto Finn Balor. Oh my goodness. To set him up for a frog splash going froggy. So Rey Mysterio climbs the top rope. Rhea Ripley climbs climbs on the apron as well. Gets the uh, detention of both, uh, you know, uh, Rey Mysterio and the ref. Referee's like, get off the ring there. You don't belong in the ring apron. You're not in this match. And while this is happening, on the outside of the ring, the other side of the ring, Seth Rollins comes in and smashes... He has to double axe handle with his hands, smashes Riddle down onto the ground. And then we go to outside there and um, Seth Rollins tries to set up. He's like, oh, what can I do? Do I have time? So he goes and grabs a chair. He's going to bash uh, Riddle with a chair, but the referee's always seen, already seen this. And then uh, Ray Mysterio comes down there to help out uh, Riddle, grabs a chair off of Seth Rollins. And then Seth Rollins gets run off. Ray runs Seth Rollins off with the chair. Uh, runs, Seth Rollins uh, runs through the crowd, escapes. While 
But Rey Mysterio turns around. And he turns, gets face to face with his son Dominic. And Dominic begs him, pleads with him. Yes, I dare you. Hit me on the head with that chair, Dad. Do it. Do it. But Rey Mysterio couldn't do it. Instead, he throws the chair down. And meanwhile, Riddle is still down. He just got double axe handled on the head. He's like he's he's like crawling in the pain, like he's dying. Okay, so Rey Mysterio crawls back in the ring, and uh, he gets knocked by uh, Finn Balor. Finn Balor then goes to his corner, where uh, oh my goodness, this time it's Damian Priest. Uh, they high five each other, but the referee sees this as a tag. See what I say? This is a high five because Damian Priest was not holding the tag rope. No, again, a no rope tag, which is ridiculous. Damien Priest goes in the ring there and uh, with the massive South of Heaven chokeslam or like the Tana Bomb takes down uh, Rey Mysterio tags back uh, Finn Balor who goes to the top rope with the coup de gras ends the match and the misery of Rey Mysterio that's tough so it's big win for the uh, Judgment Day big win for Judgment Day now, a little while later, we go backstage, uh, and it's Seth Rollins and Riddle fighting back there. So this is the huge thing now. At Extreme Rules, there's going to be a match, a big match. It's called the Fight Pit. And I'm thinking this is the same thing where uh, Riddle fought uh, um, uh, Timothy uh, Thatcher in a match where uh, Matt Riddle kicked Timothy in the face and Timothy lost some teeth. It was... Uh, an insane one. So, that should be pretty fun. A, a fight pit match. So, we're going to see some big moves. Gonna be, I can only assume it's going to be great. I can't assume it's going to be bad. The fight pit. Now, we go from that into uh, something ridiculous. It is the uh, Miz TV with, uh, of course, Champa and Miz. And they're talking about uh, the deranged madman, Dexter Loomis. And, uh, of course, you see a corn... Uh, square of the ring gets moved and uh, a knife gets cut through the carpet and Dex Loomis pops out there and he tries to pull in the Miz. It was a big theatrical thing. It's like, it's like Kane-esque. So I guess what, he tried to um, kidnap uh, Miz again. And then they try to kidnap Tommaso or Champa. They both escape. And they look at the thing and they have a little face-to-face -face at the end. It was, uh, it was a little bit silly. Or should I say, a lot silly. Okay. Now with that, we go backstage with uh, the Judgment Day. It's Kevin Patrick talking about, uh, you know, uh, what now that you've, uh, the Judgment Day, now you guys uh, torn apart the Mysterio family and took out Edge. What's what's next for the Judgment Day? And while Dominic was saying, well, we're going to, we're going to party. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to relax. We're going to, you know, we're going to not really relax. We're going to party. We're going to celebrate. You know, it's time to celebrate. But wait a second. Oh, Dominic's like, oh, I really got to see if my dad's okay. Psych! Yeah, that was good. It was good. It was, yeah. What can I say? Yeah, Dominic Mysterio. Okay, so yeah. And it's uh, Damien Priest. He's talking about, uh, he looks to take out, uh, you know, the first match too. Against uh, Rey Mysterio. Or no, Riddle. Riddle, yeah. Next week, uh, Damien Priest is looking for his match against Riddle. Okay, so now we go. And uh, the Judgment Day, they find uh, 
I don't know. AJ Styles standing around there on his phone and uh, Finn Balor says, well, hold on here. I got something to say. I got something to do. So Finn Balor meets up with AJ Styles and uh, they had a heart to heart. AJ's not sure exactly what, what Finn Balor's doing and Finn Balor's like, I've never turned your back, my back on you. I've got your back all the time. But uh, I'm here looking for a friend and you're here looking for a fight. What's it going to be? But anyways, he pull, throws up the two sweet symbol and says, you're, you're, uh, it's, you're welcome to join. You're welcome to join. But AJ Styles, I don't want to turn my back on my friends. Well, who's your friend anyways, AJ Styles? Finn Balor is your best friend. And to join the, the Judgment Day, Judgment Day can truly take over. You know, this is like the start of the uh, Judgment Day's uh, eventual, uh, you know, co one complete takeover, domination. And AJ Styles can be part of this whole thing. It can be, uh, it can be great because AJ is doing nothing now. Nothing. AJ, the great talented AJ, is doing nothing. It's a shame. Okay, now we're main event. It is Alexa Bliss alongside with uh, Bianca Blair and uh, Oscar de Grouch versus the beautiful and great Bailey uh, representing Damage Control and alongside is uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Now, I gotta say this. Uh, for I never thought Alexa Bliss had anything left. You know, she gave up a long time, years ago. She stopped wrestling, really. You know, she just became a, uh, um, you, know, you know, an entertainer. You know? But this match was surprising. It was like 15 minutes. I did not think Alexa had it in her. But here's the thing. Alexa goes for a patent at double knees. The double knees is so ridiculous. So ridiculous. She does double knees and she bounces to a front. She has a, a front roll. Double knees to a front roll. But it's so ridiculous looking. And she follows that with a, uh, a front bump um, onto her opponent, which is very effective. I think she should keep the front bump. She should just do that. When she gets someone down, front bump instantly, and then maybe uh, like uh, drop an elbow or something cool, you know? A nice uh, a twisted elbow be cool. But no. Okay, now enough of that. Eventually, they've had a better backboard than Bailey. She can work with anybody. She's a great worker, and she made Alexa Bliss look really good in this match. And near the end of the match, end sequence was uh, Alexa Bliss getting her patent DDT on to uh, Bailey. She goes to the top rope to do her, uh, bring her what's that, uh, Twisted Bliss out of retirement again to do to perform her Twisted Bliss on Bailey, but not to be had. Dakota Kai gets into the ring there, tries to get in the ring, but the referee's right there in her face, back to the action. Completely right to back to the action so he doesn't see any of this. And he says, get out of the ring there! While Io Sky goes up and uh, she pushes... Um, she pushes uh, Alexa Bliss off the ropes there. Alexa Bliss with the, Alexa with the safest non-bump. She lands on her foot and she drops down. It's it's uh, no commitment to a bump. But what are you going to do? I'm just, I'm nitpicking. Because I think there could be, I don't know. I'm just nitpicking. Anyways, with that, Bailey gets her uh, rose uh, rose plant on to Alexa Bliss and finishes off the uh, Alexa. And I got to say, this was a hard-hitting match. Um, but still, the match of the night goes to uh, Owens in theory. Still. But before anything can go on, 
damage control takes out that's right um oscar and uh bailey or oscar and uh, alexa bliss and then bianca finally gets back in the ring you know because she was taken out earlier with the yeah it doesn't matter anyways bianca comes out of back in the ring and it's three on one eventually bailey gets the uh, rose plant onto uh bianca belair and yeah this is a, a, a telltale sign will damage control or damage central become the central part of the women's division having the main titles all three titles or the yeah all three titles the uh, tag team champions and the main championship belt which one would she get the uh, smackdown uh or the raw champion oh, well, regardless now that's the ends of the all the matches that ends of the matches on raw but and also runs the uh this entire episode of monday night raw but of course, fear not, listener, stay tuned for coverage of the NXT 2.0 right after all this short break. Lewis Ling Show, oh, 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 baby. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, it's the NXT 2.0 air date September 20th 2022 this episode is the road to Halloween Havoc let's go uh well 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 Welcome back, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and we're about to take a very cynical look back at the latest tapings of the NXT 2.0. But before we dive into the show, a quick note. The NXT usually has no authority figure to speak of, no general manager, but we found out tonight on this episode that they do, in fact, have an authority figure. And representing that figure is Shawn Michaels. That's right, Mr. One-Eye, or Mr. Winky himself. Anyways... With that said, a quick shout-out to the other non-competitors. First and foremost, the commentating crew. The play-by-play guys, the hosts, and some might call them the narrators of the show. They are the team of the, the very bipartisan Vic Joseph and the very not bipartisan, the very heel-like Wade Barrett. Now I say that Wade Barrett has taken full-time heel. That's right. But regardless of that, me and uh, I disagree with a lot of things Wade Barrett says, but I still appreciate Wade Barrett, and I still think he's still the best. And, of course, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, it was a team of one. Now, it's a team of two. It's Mackenzie Mitchell and the very new Kelly Kincaid. Now, without further kadoos, let's get on with the show. Because we start the show with something shocking. Something shocking. I couldn't believe it. It is uh, Sol Sokoa and uh, Carmelo Hayes called into uh, the office. The office that's currently being held by Shawn Michaels. Now, Shawn Michaels uh, had some news to tell uh, Solo that uh, apparently Solo was being stripped of his North American title. North American Championship title. No. Um, he did win it the other week, but he did so defended this title already. He already defended it against 
That's right, uh, Madcap Moss, a very uh, capable Madcap Moss, tried to f become the uh, North American champ, but failed. So yeah, with that, I think Solskjaer is a true North American champion because he already defended it once, and that's, in my mind, what makes him the true champion. But anyways, I guess the reasoning is this. Because Wesley was injured and could not compete in that match where Solskjaer um, took over and uh, won, I guess uh, Solo was not part of the group that was supposed to move on to be the next to up. Next up, it was supposed to be because I think uh, Von Wagner and uh, uh, Joe Gacy were, uh, I guess, uh, the other one. To, but regardless, so Solo Sokoa, based, uh bottom line, stripped of his title, going back to SmackDown, titleless. I would like to see uh, them unify that championship gold somehow in the SmackDown with the uh, North American with the uh, uh, European no not European North American with the uh, Intercontinental that's it anyways but this is the thing Carmelo Hayes thought uh, hey well I guess it's uh, I guess you're gonna give it back to me then huh but no 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 Shawn Michaels had decided now in six weeks time it's gonna be Halloween Havoc so there's gonna be a big uh, five-man ladder match for Halloween Havoc. So because, I guess, uh, Carmelo Hayes was a former champion, he has now got a pass. So he's automatically in the ladder match. So now there's four people that have to qualify for this match to get in. Okay, now with that said, we move on to our first match. And our first match is a best-of-three series. Match number two between... Axiom and Nathan Fraser. Now, Axiom had won their first match, and if he wins this next match, the series will be over. But I feel that this match, this will be uh, going to three. This is going to go to all three and to be concluded with the third match. So how is Nathan Fraser going to win? That's my big question. Now, the thing i got to say about both these wrestlers, they are both fantastic. You know, Axiom, he is a, a very skilled wrestler with a massive with a lineage back there he had went way back to uh uk nathan fraser a very talented wrestler this match was a lot of fun a lot it was a really good match uh, the ending was a little bit confusing it was a nice 13 13 minute match roughly give or take ballpark um but here we go during the match axiom was pretty much in control of the match throughout the match nathan fraser had his moments of uh taking control but it was basically axiom winning the match and in the end sequence was this. Axiom has a ser had a series of submission holds on uh, um, Nathan Fraser. Nathan tries to squirm out of each, uh, you know, uh, submission hold. But Axiom, of course, goes on to the next submission hold. But eventually, Nathan Fraser, Nathan Fraser, gets to the ropes and tiptoe, puts his toe on a rope, and that breaks the holds. And, uh, of course, he breaks the hold. And uh, this prompts Axiom to do the unthinkable. Or is it unthinkable? I don't know. According to the commentators of Wade Barrett and Vic Joseph, it seemed unthinkable. He went up and stomped the head of Nathan Fraser. Now, this stomp was like a, a curb stomp style of uh, the Seth Rollins, Seth friggin' Rollins um, level. You know, uh, Wade Barrett and uh, Vic Joseph thought, oh, oh my God, that could have been a disqualification. And I thought, wow, this is it. He, he made, uh, you know... Uh, Nathan Fraser go nighty-night, made him go to sleep. 
So I figured, oh, this uh, Axiom must have all the time in the world to finish this off where he climbed the ropes there. But oh my goodness, Nate Fraser meets him up the ropes. Uh, somehow he's fresh as a daisy. They start scuffling on the ropes there and they, uh, Nate Fraser climbs to the very top of the ropes and then rips Axiom off the top as well with a massive top rope suplex. Now, a lot of times they call top rope suplex when they're actually on a second stand. When they're standing on a second rope, they a lot of times they call it top rope suplex. But this is a truly a top rope suplex where Nathan Fraser, both feet were on the top ropes and like with a huge suplex. And then with combo move, unlike the Falcon Arrow that follows, he picks him up for a second suplex, picks him up all the way up top and then drops him forwards for a face bump, but then spins around at the very end finishing it off as a neck breaker, setting up for his finishing move where uh, Nathan Fraser gets to the top rope and with, I believe it's called a Phoenix Splash, squashes Axiom and with the big victory, putting it series at 1-1 and next match would be, was going to call it all. And uh, I thought hopefully it would have been good if they finished it off the series at uh, Halloween Havoc, but I don't see that happening because it's six weeks away. At the best, it would probably be another two weeks before they had the match. But anyways, our next match. It is the team of Toxic Attraction being accompanied by their leader and unified champion Mandy Rose. It's Gigi Dolan and JC Jane looking to get back on top of things after losing. They have a couple of losing streak going on. They want to get back on top of things. And who do they have to beat to get on top of things? Why? It's... Uh, representing Diamond Mines, Ivy Nile, and her good friend, Tatum Paxley. Now, I'm always on Ivy Nile's ass about her wrestling uh, commitment in wrestling. Um, but I say this. If I say anything good about Ivy Nile, is the fact that if you want to um, know anything about fitness, cardio, if you want to be motivated to be fit, um, you know, great work ethics, if you want to learn about that, it's um, Ivy Nile. Hands down. But I always question her wrestling ability, her commitment to the wrestling uh, um, wrestle um, trade, you know, how far she's willing to go. She's just like, yeah, she has good intentions in the ring. Tatum Paxley, she's uh, she's got some skills. I don't think she'll learn anything wrestling skills in the ring there. She'll learn a good uh, um, ethics, work ethics. Tatum Paxley can from uh, Ivy. But as a team, I don't see much going on with this team. Anyways, we move on to the match where Tatum Paxley was, uh, usually takes the blunt of the, of the beatings. She does very well, but she basically, uh, she does the work. She eventually tags in Ivy Nile, who like uh, a pit bull in the ring, just devastates. Just devastates. Uh, but here we go. Um, now this is where things get insane. Ivy Nile does her patented jump kick. Her patented jump kick now to the corner to a JC Jane. Uh, this is where one of the moves where I, I complain about. She can go even bigger with this move, but this where a lot of times where the show is like, yeah, she's not willing to go all out. She can do it easily do a Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson uh, drop kick, but no. But regardless, regardless, Ivy now does the jump kick to JC in the corner, and then. JC drops down and gives, uh, Ivy gives her the double underhook suplex. The JC goes for a pin, but it's Gigi Dolan breaking up the pin attempt. Now this is where Tatum Paxi comes in there. He's like, "How dare you uh, come in there? We should have won that match there." And comes in there, and then it's 
Gigi Dolan gives uh, Tatum Paxley a, a backdrop driver. A backdrop driver that smashes the living hell out of Tatum Paxley. She hits the ground hard, apparently, during the backdrop driver. And she rolls out of the ring uh, forever out of the match. She's out for the rest of the match. Mm -hmm. So in the ring, it's going to be a 2-1-1. Can Ivy Nile hold her own? The Pitbull versus uh, the Toxic Attraction. Why, it's... Uh, it is Ivy does hold herself. She does a lot of punches and kicks, and she does a like a high kick where she it's almost like a drop kick, but not really. It's like a high kick, and she she uh, leaves her feet with her high kick. Anyways, enough of that. Um, it's Ivy and uh, JC. They tussle a little bit. Eventually, I guess JC pushes Ivy off of her, and she I guess she thinks she I think she trips on uh, Gigi Dolan. Yeah, uh, so. Ivy rolls out of the ring somehow. Gigi Rose goes out of the ring and tosses back Ivy Nile. And then it's a two-on-one. Uh, she tags JC Jane in and Jay-Z hits the ropes. And it's a, it's an interesting double kick. Um, JC comes in, runs in with a thrust kick. Uh, Gigi with a kick to uh, straight up kicking Ivy Nile's buttocks. Ivy Nile goes down, Gigi with a big pin, and Toxic Traction on top, finally going on, on a winning streak, on a winning uh, division, uh, gets a win. Let me just say, they get a win, finally get a win. And looking good, doing it. But Ivy Nile, what's in for Ivy and Tatum? I don't, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's still happening. Anyways, I'll drop that. Let's drop that and go on to our next segment, which is uh, Schism, a Schism. That's right. Um, it's Mr. AC, Mr. AC. Who's Mr. AC? It's Joke AC. Ha ha ha! Damn, that was fun, eh? You know, someone should call somebody. Someone should call the Call Me Network. I'm hilarious. You know, the crazy Joke AC, the born again, uh, only one sporting is happy face pin. And they're talking some nonsense. Who knows what they're blurbing about, uh, but it's uh, Jagger, Reed, and Biff Fuller along there. They're talking about uh, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. But we all know Cameron Grimes is not the first person to turn them down, to walk away from uh, Joe Gacy. We all know that Harland walked away from Joe Gacy thinking, you know what, I ain't learning nothing from this idiot Joe Gacy. I'm going to not only leaving, I'm leaving to another company. And uh, there's another person and then uh, two people. And then... And, Second person, I can't remember his name, but the uh, third person is, uh, I believe it's uh, Braun Breaker. It's the third person, you know. He didn't do anything about Braun Breaker. Is he Is he uh, after Braun Breakers? No. But it's uh, Cameron Grimes. They want to teach Cameron Grimes a lesson. And you know what? Who had a no of this whole thing with schism? Why, it's Idris. Idris no fay. He had a no with his partner, uh, Malik. Um, you know, sweater vest, blade, coming into the ring there. Now, this match turns into a tag team match. Jagger Reed, Rip Fuller. My opinion about Jagger Reed and Rip Fuller, they are Grizzled Young veterans. They are former tag team champions. They are very skilled wrestlers. They are competent wrestlers. They are by far way better wrestlers than Joe Gacy will ever be. I don't know. I think uh, um, you know, Jagger and Rip are using Joe Gacy because Joe Gacy's got some good heat going on. He knows how to work the heat. And anyways, with Idris and Ofe Malik Blade, they are equally competent wrestlers. Um, however, I don't think they know who they are in a ring. After all, what's that? Malik has a has a sweater vest on, and like uh, it was weird. It's weird. Idris Nofe, he used to be a superhero. Now he's a I don't know. He they just they're just confused. This is what I think. I think this. I think Idris Nofe 
should go solo and become his super own superhero become just go all out with the superhero thing he i know he loves to be a has the cape he, you know he wants to be at that superhero do the high flying stuff he wants to be a superhero let him do that i think he'd be great for him but however malik you know uh sweater vest blade i think he is best suited with andre chase that's right i think he should join chase you and join andre chase with his thing and uh i think Chase U can be a big faction in the NXT. Can be big. You know, Dark Order big. Okay, so in this match, let's go to the match. Um, Idris Sanofe, when he got in the ring with both Jagger Reed and Rip Fuller, he went at them. He tried to beat them both up at once. But even with the... Now, that's after he got the hot tagging from uh, Malik Blade, who's just beaten up all the time. So when Idris Sanofe gets uh, Rip Fuller into a position where he can beat him. He gets him up into the fireman's carry, tags in uh, Malik Blade. Malik runs to the ropes where Rip Fuller pulls down the top rope. Malik Blade flops out. Flop! Out for the rest of the match. We're in the ring there. Um, Rip Fuller gets the best of uh, Inofe, Idris. And then it's uh, with the, what in real time it looks incredible. This move looked incredible. It was uh, um, Rip Fuller going on all fours, and uh, Yagari jumping off of him, running and jumping off him, and uh, going for a massive look like a, uh, a Canadian destroyer, a running Canadian destroyer, running jumping Canadian destroyer onto uh, Idris Nofe. In real time, looked incredible. Idris was flown, is flung. But I mean, if you look at it in, short, in uh, you know, slow it down, if you slow it way down, basically, Yagari takes a back bump, takes a regular bump, bump and uh, Idris Nofe takes a back bump on top of him. So he's not even hitting the ground at all. There's no part of Idris Nofe hitting the mat at all. It's all, um, you know, Yagar is taking, a, taking all, the, all the, absorbing all the, uh, you know, impact. Okay, so regardless, people thought it looked great. Um, Idris got flown off, and they set it up with the massive. Uh, it would be a super lung blower. The super lung blower. Um, Rip uh, Jagger Reed picks up um, Idris Nofe, while Rip Fuller goes for the lung blower. Massive. And it was a big victory. Good for them. And moving on to uh, Wendy Chu. She's got a personal problem against the ever jaded the uh you know i'd say the super ego of core jade you know um yeah core jade i got core jade what's good about core jade uh even though core jade did take a giant shit that she's very entitled she's uh you know she's mm -hmm, core jade um she's super ego entitled she's like a karen for sure what's in it for me but what's core jade what's good for core jade core jade's in ring performing is very intense she's uh she knows what she's doing she's a very good wrestler in the ring um she goes hard she was 100 she brings the smoke in the ring but however how she carries herself out the ring she even though it's, uh, i'm not a fan without in the ring she's great she's like natalia bret hart no natalia and corjade are very similar in the ring they're very bring it but i don't outside the ring it's pretty sad it's pretty sad but corjade yeah she's got good lineage she got a lot of crazy, but she's got... Uh, ah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What happens in this match? 
why Cora Jade definitely showing why she's one of the better wrestlers in the uh, in wrestling. But the end sequence was just ridiculous. When Chu pushes uh, Cora Jade in the corner, going for like a, a maestro roll, Cora Jade grabs onto the second uh, turnbuckle pad. Now I think this is what should this is what was supposed to happen. Supposed to happen uh, that Cora Jade rips off that turnbuckle pad, exposing the turnbuckle. But it, that didn't happen. Cora Jade releases the turnbuckle pad, releases it, and then uh, Winnie Chu backs her, uh, pulls her back, and then uh, then throws her with the belly to back, like a German suplex, towards the same uh, turnbuckle area, the corner. Then Winnie Chu gets up and charges that very corner. She charges the corner. I'm not sure what she was planning to do, but uh, I guess she tripped, and she fell face first into the turnbuckle pad. Now, if that pad was removed, it would have been more realistic. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Cora Jade really had uh, pulled on uh, um, Winnie Chu's uh, onesies and it's supposed to have pulled her into the turnbuckle pad. But I think the turnbuckle pad should have been gone, which would have legitimizes uh, the fact that, you know what, this was a powerful hit, but it wasn't there. So after that move, Winnie Chu... Wobbles out of that move and into a DDT, a DDT. Now this DDT is done. Uh, I guess this style is uh, two people. Um, you know, uh, Alexa Bliss does a, a DDT finisher, and uh, to compare Alexa Bliss DDT and uh, Cora Jade's DDT, one looks silly and one looks serious. <laughs> Not really silly, but uh, this Cora Jade is the one where it's supposed to be done. This is how it's supposed to be done. Cora Jade style. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what Alexa Bliss does. But anyways, I'll leave that to another show, to another segment, another smegment. Okay, with a DDT, Core Jade cuts off the big win over Winnie Chu. Now, it looks great for Core Jade. Core Jade looks strong in the ring there, but Winnie Chu, bouncing her head off that uh, turnbuckle pad, made her look really weak. Now, if that pad wasn't there and she bashed her head off the exposed turnbuckle, different story, but Winnie Chu looked weak and Cora Jade with the good victory. Now, Cora Jade leaves Winnie Chu in a ring while when it's not over Winnie Chu, she eventually stands up and gets kicked directly in the face by the, uh, I guess, picking the bones is Lash Legend. Lash Legend. What's going on with Lash Legend? Is this what she can test to do now? Is uh, beat people while they're down? Now, Lash Legend, I thought she was great. She still has potential. Um, I thought she'd be great with uh, Pretty Deadly, but apparently her and Pretty Deadly, uh, I think that was just a two-time thing. One or two-time thing, and it's over. But I think I think this. Lash Legend has got the uh, a look. She's got the she, she's got leadership ability, I think. It's, it's believable that uh, I think. I, I would like to see Lash Legend control of her own little uh, pack. You know, be a leader of her own little gang. Give her some power. But anyways, I can see Wendy Chu versus Lash Legend in a match um, in the future. And maybe Wendy Chu's going to win again. Win, win against uh, Lash Legend because Lash is going through a few losses here. Or do I don't know what the hell I'm talking about with that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We move on to backstage. Um, it is the very new Kelly Kincaid talking to the very newly branded Oro Mensa talking about uh, his first match in the NXT 2.0 being a qualifying match. It's now a qualifying match against Grayson Waller. And if he qualifies, he'd be for the uh, North American Championship 
for the uh, you know uh, for in the ladder match. Bloop bloop bloop. But in the meantime, we go in the ring there with uh, the former North American champion um, Carmelo Hayes and his uh, number one hype guy Trick Williams. I gotta say, Trick with his new uh, gear, ring gear, looking like he's ready to play a trumpet somewhere in some sort of um, hipster bar. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Or or play uh, or play the trumpet in the uh, in a, a ska band. <laughs> Trick Williams. <laughs> uh, interesting fashion choice. Okay, anyways, you got to see it to believe it. Now, they're talking about Carmelo Hayes still believes he's the AA champion, but they're interfered by uh, Chase University. All Chase, Thea Hale comes down there. Bob He Hayward comes down there. Andre Chase comes down there. Andre Chase starts talking about, this is a, no you don't, but this is a, no you don't. And he does. He says, this is a teachable moment. And it's true. He could learn something from his loss, but uh, it's pretty big. Thea Hale's really pumped, uh, but he pumped. But of course, Carmelo Hayes very angry and tricky. And they, they go off. They start they start going off on each other, and eventually turns into a tag team match. Chase you, but he and Andre versus Carmelo and Trick Williams. Now, uh, I believe uh, it's it's great. Uh, Andre Chase getting his butt beat. It gets the tag into a Bodhi. Bodhi comes in and starts beating up uh, Trick Williams. Gets him onto the, his shoulders with a torture rack. A torture rack. And somehow, Trick Williams, uh, you know, steers Bodhi right into his corner where he's able to tag out to uh, Carmelo Hayes. It's crazy. Crazy. But anyways. I thought that was funny how Bodhi, after getting uh, Trick Williams into uh, torture rack, he walks towards the, uh, his corner, into uh, Trick Williams' corner. For his, <laughs> it was weird. Okay, nevertheless, the match ended like this. End the sequence of the match. It's uh, Chase, Andre Chase in the ring there. He's fighting uh, Trick Williams. Trick Williams being living holy hell out of Andre Chase. Tagging in Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo comes in with a big boot to the face of Andre Chase and then goes to the corner and kicks the living hell out of Bod He right off the, right off the uh, corner there. He drops the mat on the ground where Carmelo Hayes tried to finish it for uh, his team and try to end it for uh, Andre Chase. He goes to the ropes with a massive springboard. Looks like maybe do a springboard cutter or something like that. He spins around, but he's caught by Andre Chase. The arm caught his arm. And when he lands, yes, that's right. Andre Chase has uh, Carmelo Hayes' arm and then spins around and does a front front roll with uh, Carmelo Hayes. And Carmelo goes down, and this is basically a, uh, a roll-up, a fancy front roll, front roll-up, front roll roll-up, where uh, Andre Chase gets the better of uh, Carmelo Hayes. Oh, wow. Carmelo not only drops his... Um, North American Championship belt, but he also, he loses in that match, and he also loses to Andre Chase. Wow, the downward spiral for Carmelo Hayes. It's tough, it's tough. And of course, uh, Andre Chase celebrates in the Andre Chase, Chase University section of the, uh, what's that, uh, the Performance Center. Okay, so next match. It is a big one. 
It's uh, because there's two big heavyweights in the ring there. Two heavyweights. Sangha versus Von, Von Wagner. Of course, last week, Sangha took uh, very offended by Von Wagner and um, Robert Stone using the English language. I'm not sure why. Sangha was protecting, I don't know. He was with, uh, you know, Valentina Froza and Yulisa Leon. And I don't know. He, I guess he felt like a big man. Even though I know Von and um, Stone didn't say anything offensive at all. You know, you're upset. We're upset too. Was that is that bad? Anyways, Sangha versus Von Wagner. Now this match was a lack of big moves, you know, suplexes, stuff like that. Uh, it was punching and stuff, so it was nothing special. The end up going. This match was like three minutes long, like three minutes long. They end up rolling out. They end up fighting outside the ring. Robert Stone decided to you know help out Von Wagner by going onto the uh, steel steps and jumping off towards, you know, uh, Sangha. Sangha catches Robert Stone by the neck, picks him up for like a choke slam, but he is tackled by Von Wagner. Von Wagner then throws Sangha into the head first into the ring post. Not once, but twice. And then grabs Sangha and throws him directly into steel stairs. Pang! Now I think usually these things are disqualifying moves, unless of course it's a uh, no holds barred a match. But anyways, it does not, and the match goes on. Song is rolled into the ring, and then uh, where, of course, Von Wagner goes in the ring and with a big thrust kick to Song's chest, pushes him back to the ropes, and when he bounces off, he is uh, he is Song finds himself as a fireman's carry on Von Wagner's shoulders. Von Wagner picks up Song the big Sangha. And you might call it a uh, Death Valley driver. You might call it a, uh, I don't know, a Samoan drop or a mixture of both. But Sangha is dropped on his back. And that is his uh, kryptonite being dropped like that. And Von Wagner with a big victory. Big victory indeed. So now we go backstage. With that, we go backstage. It is uh, Cameron Grimes back there. And he's talked about uh, schism. Schism, how they uh, target the vulnerable and feast on the weak. That's right, the crazy one, Joe Casey. You know, uh, now what he plans to do is uh, chop down that schism tree and use that fuel for, and use it, burn that uh, the, the choppings for fuel, for rocket fuel to go to the moon, baby. Let's see what happens here. Okay, now we go on to the North American um, ladder match qualifier. That's right, at, uh, you know, Halloween Havoc. Grayson Waller versus Oro Mensa. Now, it's it's unfortunate we didn't, we weren't blessed with Grayson Waller and his uh, Grayson Waller effect, his talk show. No talk show today. It's a shame because it's a great talk show. Now, Oro Mensa, his first debut match as Oro Mensa, you know. Um, no more Carter, just Oro. So in this match was uh, was good was a good match. Now in this match, of course, like I say, uh, there was this uh, move given. Grayson Waller gets uh, Oro on his sh on his shoulders for like electric chair drop, um, a modified electric chair drop. I'd say modified electric chair drop slash modified backdrop driver was the move. But uh, I guess um, Vic Vic Joseph called it a uh, a belly to back suplex. Hmm. That's the most interesting looking belly black belly to black suplex I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, so 
Now this match ended like this. Grayson Waller find himself, finds himself on the other side of the ropes, on the outside of the ropes, where uh, Oro goes to meet him there, and uh, Grayson Waller grabs his head and drops down out of the ring, um, catching Oro on the throat, throwing him backwards, where Grayson Waller looks to finish it off with his uh, running into the ring, diving, front rolling into the ring to a, uh, a stunner. But as uh, Grayson Waller runs towards the ring, He's met up with the, oh my God, it's appalling. It's Apollo Crews. He meets him. Hello. Now, this is hilarious, but Apollo Crews, my goodness. Um, now, in the main roster, Apollo Crews was, I'm Apollo Crews. And his first real gimmick was, I'm Apollo Crews. I'm, I'm embracing my heritage. This is what I sound like, Apollo Crews. So with that ridiculousness, now it's like this last match with uh, Grayson Waller. Grayson apparently poked his eye a couple of times. Now he's bleeding profusely from the eye for many weeks. Many weeks bleeding from the eye. So ridiculous. Now it's, it's like crazy accent guy to the bloody eye guy. So for appalling crews, he shows up there. He blocks off Grayson Waller from run, rolling into the ring. And clearly... Clearly, Apollo Crews has dropped too much of the colored eyedropper into his eye. He's like a little bit, it's like tearing out of his eye. It's so ridiculous. No, he's, look at Apollo Crews. He's bleeding from the eye. It's so stupid. So anyways, Grace Waller's like, ah, you look like an idiot. Then it's Oro. Oh my God. Oro Mensa with a massive tope takes out uh, Grayson Waller from the outside, rolls back Grayson Waller. Um... Grayson Waller goes to the corner, and then with a massive spinning heel kick, Oro takes out Grayson Waller. Three seconds later, Oro is now moving on to the North American Championship ladder match alongside of Carmelo Hayes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and in the end of the match, was uh, you see a last picture of... Uh, um, Appalling Cruz, and you see his eye. You can totally see 90% of the red uh, eyedropper is already washed out of his eye, leaving a perfectly white, white eye, white, crystal clear white eye. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. Apollo Cruz. <laughs> Main event time. It is uh, Tyler Bate versus JD McDonough. And the winner of this match goes on for to be the number one contender for Braun Breaker's unified NXT Championship Gold. Now this match, I gotta say, by far was the match of the night. It was a match of the night. Um, Tyler Bate, a great ring in ring technician, one of the best out there. JD McDonough, same top tier competitors. This match was great. Um, high flying. Um, submission, strong style, it had it all. This match was great. Really good match. Uh, but it ended up like this. The end sequence was this. Uh, looked like uh, it was just another corner sequence. Went around the corner, fighting it out. Looks like uh, Tyler, ba Tyler Bates tries to go for a Tyler, Tyler driver on the ropes, trying to get him a top rope, give him a massive Tyler driver, but it doesn't happen. JD fights it out, and then... On the top rope, it's a, what a wonderful, JD gets uh, Tyler Bate into a massive Spanish fly. They fly off the top, I guess, Tyler Bate didn't see that coming, but it happened. Massive, they fly off the top rope, and then, before Tyler Bate can get his uh, bearings about himself, he's picked up by JD Bignona with a massive inside suplex, Hoam puts out 
Tyler Bate. It was a great match. Like about a 13-minute match of just pure, exciting fun. This was great. Now, okay. This is where, you know, Braun Breaker goes to the ring. And this is where they're supposed to be. Yeah, this is where we're going to have a rematch. We want to go for it. But we got our third. The X-Factor. Not, no, not Zion. Another X-Factor. X-Factor in this uh, whole thing. The cog in a wheel. It's the former NXT UK champion, Ilya Dragunov. That's right. The Vladimir of wrestling. Ilya Dragunov comes in there. Apparently, I think what's going to happen is the next match is going to be a triple threat match. And uh, I think it's going to be good. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, you know, uh, J.D. McDonough, and the world's greatest uh, NXT champion. It's uh, Braun Breaker. I'd like to see that happen. But anyways, that wraps up for another episode of NXT uh, 2.0. Uh, but uh, fear not, listener. Stay tuned for our coverage of the NXT's developmental series level up right after this short announcement hey there it's slip hazelywood here of the wrestling show i just wanted to let you know that we have bonus content out there that's right check out the show on youtube and or check out wrestling's extreme views on facebook groups The wrestling show, oh, 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 baby. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It's the NXT's developmental division level up. Air date, September 26th, 2022. Let's go. Well, 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 welcome back, listener. I'm the Paisley Wood, and we're about to take a very cynical look back at the latest tapings of the NXT's developmental division, Level Up. But before we dive into the show, a quick shout out to the non-competitors. First and foremost, the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and some might call them the narrators. They are the team of uh, Sudu Shah and Nigel McGuinness. And this week, they introduce a new person to the team. It's Matt Camp. And of course, getting all the backstage scoops and all the backstage uh, pre-match interviews, it is uh, Kelly Kincaid. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. As we start with a match between Dante Chen versus Bryson. Montana. Now, with, of course, Level Up, it's a, a simple theory, is that my theory is that uh, the person who's been there the longest, the, the veteran of the duo that's fighting, the veteran will always win. Now, Dante Chen has been around a longer, and in the 2.0, Dante Chen is a chopper. But when it comes down to Level Up, Dante Chen is, uh, he gets the W's in uh, Level Up. Bryson, however, I've not ever heard of him. So therefore, in a theory, my theory is uh, Dante Chen will win. But here's we go. Here we go. Um, Bryson Montana. 
at first glance, he is a big guy. He's a big boy in the ring there. Um, he uh, he looks pretty dominating. He has a good look, and uh, that's all I can go by right now until I see what he can do in the ring. And what he can do in the ring is really impressive too. He's uh, hard hitting. He uh, was pretty dominating. He can he was uh, controlling the match pretty much all the way through. Until the end, of course, the end sequence was very confusing. I, well, not confusing, it happened. Um, I didn't quite like it. Uh, Dante Chen, I, I don't have too much faith in Dante Chen. I, he, uh, he's being pushed. I don't know why, but he's been pushed to level up. But I don't see why. I don't see what's so special about Dante Chen. His uh, mat, This match wasn't very good and because the ending was very bad. Dante Chen cleared this is his ending. So... It's Bryson getting Dante Chen into a, uh, well, he's doing really good. And he tries to put it away by, I don't know, setting up a power bomb maybe. But he couldn't get it off because Dante Chen uh, gave uh, Bryson a uh, back body drop. And then continued on to uh, punch him like a flurry of, uh, like a flurry of punches. It's so weak looking. It's so weak looking. But uh, Bryson sold at every one of them. And then uh, Dante Chan follows up with a, what's that, a bro kick style? A, a bro kick style kick to uh, Bryson to set him up for something big, you might think. No, something not big. It's very sad. The finishing move that Dante Chan chooses, chooses, chose, is he, uh, he winds up. And with a, a double slap, that's right, double slap, Bryson Montana's chest lights him up with two slaps. Like, whatever, a slap in the chest doesn't finish nothing. And this is why Dante Chen is terrible. If this is his finishing move, wow, what can he bring you? Not much, not much, because the finishing move is supposed to be the crescendo. The greatest, like this is a the oomph, you know. This puts an end to the match and a double chop. I'm sorry, um, Gunther's single chop puts your double chop way to shame. So this match um, is a thumbs up to Bryson, but unfortunately he had the job in this terrible match to Dante Chen. And Dante posing with his dumb. Uh, now Dante has his move where he uh, where he goes in the ring. He does his uh, arms. He puts his arms outwards and he puts his hands up like a like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, bah! I'd say there's one word to describe that. Elaine, Elaine. But that's me. Okay, so now we got ourselves a little bit of a Kelly uh, Kincaid uh, talk to a uh, Miles Bourne. Now Miles, he's talking about. Uh, He's lost, he's been, he's fought six times, six times in level up and six times a loser, a loser. And uh, he feels he'll be lucky in his match number 11. Match lucky number 11. <laughs> well, his match number seven is against uh, Andre Chase. Let's see what happens in the main event. Okay, next up, we got ourselves a big match. It's uh, Indy Hartwell. Versus uh, Valentina Froze. Now, uh, I'm a big fan of Valentina. She's got some serious skills in the ring there. She can go. Um, Indy Hartwell. I think Indy Hartwell is. Uh, he's got. She's. She's got everything going. She's very intelligent. I think they should showcase what she can. Her mic skills more because she's very funny. 
Um, I think she can think on the fly. Indy Hartwell's got actually uh, the physique of an athlete. She looks like she can. She's got. She got the look. She can be look. She can. She looks like she can hold her own, and she can become easily become a champion in the ring. Okay, so I got nothing but good things to say about Indy, and nothing but good things to say about Valentina Rosa. Um, now this match was for sure. Valentina was way smaller than Indy Hartwell. Indy was showing her power and her showing her her strength. And a Valentina showing her speed and intelligence. Well, they're both intelligent. So in the end, Valentina tries to go for a, uh, well, she has a theory. She tries to squash uh, Indy Hartwell by giving her a high cross body press. And she follows in with a, uh, um, a split leg. Maybe she's trying to go for a bulldog, but she goes for a split leg. She comes up, Indy Hartwell pushes off Valentina. And well, ending up Valentina getting uh, a spine bustered. Now, I said a lot about uh, Indy Hartwell and Valentina Florose, but this match definitely did not live up to the hype, the hype that I've made up in my mind. Because, uh, yeah, a spine buster ending. The first one was double chop, spine buster finish. These things are very uh, poor finishers. Um, a spine buster? Come on now. A spine buster should always st start something. Did Indy Hartwell stop doing the uh, the big uh, Hartwell elbow off the top rope? You know, I think a spine bust would be great setup for a nice elbow, something big. But you know, I can see wrestlers like everybody. Wrestlers are like me, like you, like everybody, listener. You know, they're just human. They're not superhuman. And if you do moves off the top rope, it's gonna shorten your career, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. Okay, so now with the Spine Buster, Indy Hartwell does a perfect matchbook cover, like squash, like, like doesn't just stack Valentina Feroze. She uh, squashes her down right on stick. She, she folds her in half right on her shoulders, which is a pretty impressive looking pin. Not I gotta say, though, with that, we, at least we ended with something positive in this match. Something positive. To pronounce it better. Okay, so now our main event match. It is uh, the Jobber, resident Jobber. And uh, like me today, talking with a mouthful of marbles, it's Miles Bourne versus representing Chase U and being accompanied to the ring by uh, Bod He Hayward and uh, Thea Hale, the most charismatic person in all of wrestling. Join Andre Chase to ringside. Now, it was a good match. Miles doing his best in the ring there. He wasn't a pushover. But this is Andre Chase we're talking about here. And in Andre Chase in uh, Level Up, there's nothing stopping him. He is the king of fish here. Now, in the end, end sequence was basically uh, Andre Chase uh, getting, getting turned things around and doing the old stomping down. The old setup. Now this is just the old uh, when he every stomp he does he uh, pronounces a letter uh, in the name of Chase U. So each stomp represents a letter, and this whole sequence is actually a setup move. So he lays him down there. Chase lays down Miles, and then goes to the top rope, mm -hmm. and then with a giant high cross body, Andre Chase gets a big victory over uh, Miles Bourne. Now. Chase, Andre Chase, he's still wearing a sweater 
and is wearing a t-shirt and sweater combo and his uh, dress pants and a pair of Nikes you know I'm pretty sure there's a pair of socks in there maybe there's some uh, um, paddy elbow knee pads below you know underneath his pants but I think it's due time somebody makes some wrestling gear some actual wrestling gear for Andre Chase that doesn't switch too far away from what he's dressing like now I would say some good proper gear that represents you know Andre Chase I think he I think they need to do something about that uh, he just uh, looks like some guy that walked off the street I think they should try to make Andre Chase a little bit more re uh, presentable in the ring as an athlete you know because on Chase University they're going all the way up and they got to be represented properly with a proper leader we all love Andre Chase I'm a big fan of Andre Chase but I think the, he should take himself more seriously and give himself a, a mass and his ring gear should be great you know chase you ring gear you know not necessarily this unitar sing singlet you know they can do something different like professor Andre Chase gear anyways anyways that wraps it up for another episode of uh, NXT's developmental visions uh, level up for this week but if you're not listener Stay tuned for our coverage with uh, SmackDown right after this very short break. Lewis Ling Show oh, 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 Baby It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Friday Night Smackdown, air date September 23rd, 2022. This episode is both The Road to Extreme Rules and Crown Jewel. Let's go. Uh, well, well. Well, well, welcome back, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and this is The Wrestling Show's very cynical review slash look back at the latest episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get started, um, a special note uh, before the show that uh, the last segment was I did was uh, Level Up, and I, I believe I said it was September 26th, where the announcer said it was September 26th, and it was actually not. So uh, a correction, a quick correction. The level up, the last segment level up, was actually September 23rd of 2022. So announcer, uh, shame on you. So now with that said, a quick shout out to the non-competitors, the glue that holds the building together. Now, representing the authority figure, usually we haven't seen him in a little bit, but it's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops. It's uh, usually a team, but today it's uh, Kayla Braxton. And last, but certainly not least, the commentary crew, the play-by-play -play guys, the hosts, and some might even call them the narrators of the show. They are the team of the longtime veteran of over 20 years, Michael Cole, and his partner, Pat McAfee, who apparently is not there today again, not there doing some other stuff that's not wrestling related, and taking his place again for the, once again, it's, uh, from Monday Night Raw, Corey Graves. Now I think Corey Graves is uh, one hell of an announcer, one hell of a, not announcer, a uh, color commentary specialist, a, um, you know, a personality. 
but I really think this. What lacks in the commentary position, it's the female's perspective, the voice. You know, the last time WWE had a, a woman commentator was back with Beth Phoenix. That's right, Beth Phoenix. It's been a long time. There's only been two. I believe Renee Young was um, was made the main roster until she threw her career away for uh, joining. I'm just kidding. Renee Young was great at her job. And uh, her doing color commentary is a shame. Anyways. Anyways. Without any further kadoos, let's get on with the show. Now the show started as promised last week, as promised. Because last week on SmackDown, they advertised that Roman Reigns will be at SmackDown today. Because of course, Roman Reigns needs at least a week's notice. You know, before he uh, he shows up to work. You know, you want me at work? Give me a week's notice. You know, I got a movie to shoot. Because I believe that's what Roman Reigns is doing right now. I believe Roman Reigns is transitioning into his next uh, part of his career. I think Roman Reigns uh, is going. It's at the last end of his career. I think Roman's got at least uh, another year or so, year or two on his uh, career in, as a WWE competitor. I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's going to do what everybody does, like John Cena, um, The Rock. They're going to start going to the movies, start doing big movies. After all, Roman Reigns is a big guy, very handsome man, and uh, he's still in the prime of his acting career, so he can do some serious, great movies. But that's what I think. But I think before Roman Reigns leaves the WWE, he's going to make a statement. He's going to make a mark. He's going to truly um, put a stamp on Roman Reigns being the greatest champion of all times before he leaves. But anyways, that said, the bloodline goes to the ring. It is Paul Heyman, Sami Zayn, Solo Sokoa. That's right, Solo Sokoa, who's been stripped, stripped of his uh, North American Championship belt from uh, Mr. One-Eye, Winky himself, uh, Shawn Michaels. That's a shame. Uh, this is, uh, that was Solo's belt to lose, not strip, get stripped from. Anyways, and with them is uh, Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso. Uh, good cop, bad cop. And of course, Roman Reigns, not saying much. He's just letting uh, Paul Heyman do the talking and Paul Heyman talks indeed, you know? Um, and he talks about actually uh, Solo Sokoa being the... Uh, um, a special enforcer. He's brought by the uh, because of how uh, um, Paul Heyman was thrown to the table by Brock Lesnar and stuff like that. So he was Solo's brought in, you know, by the uh, tribal elders. That's true. No matter who thinks it is, and uh, Paul Heyman did the thing. He tried to get the uh, heat going on with Sami Zayn, but it was pretty funny. Who might think it was their idea? He looks at Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, what? Anyways. So Solo, uh, he, the mic's given to uh, J Jimmy Uso, and he talks about they're the, no, they're the best and stuff. Like that. We're looking forward to a match. And uh, Jay Uso takes the uh, mic and he says, Talk, but he's about to declare the uh, the bloodline the ones. But it's weird. I'm not sure if it's timing or if it's purpose or whatnot. Um, Roman Reigns demands the microphone. And before Jay Uso can finish his sentence, he gives the microphone up to Roman Reigns, who now has something to ask who's of uh, Solo Sokoa. Now, Solo says, yes, indeed, you have been called up by the tribal elders, but you're now here with me. 
the tribal chief, and what I want you to do is acknowledge me. And of course, Solo had uh, no problem. Yeah, I'm here because uh, of you. I'm here for you. Yeah, so I acknowledge you as my tribal chief. Easy peasy, and voila. Family. The family, Neha, gets good. But Sami Zayn, he needed something to get off his chest. This is a great segment, I gotta say. Beautiful, beautiful segment. So Sami Zayn stops everything before everybody leaves and he says, Roman, I got something to say. I want to declare to everybody in front of everybody, live. My, uh, I want to uh, acknowledge Roman Reigns. Well, I want to acknowledge you. And Roman Reigns, it was really strange. It seemed very weird. It looked like Roman Reigns was sick of it. Sick of it all. You know, it's like, what are you talking? What are you even talking? You know, you shouldn't even be talking, let alone, you know. So Roman Reigns decides that you don't deserve <clears throat> to be wearing this shirt. And Sami Zayn was wearing the uh, the ones, the Bloodline shirt, the original, the OG Bloodline shirt. So Roman Reigns demands that Sami Zayn remove that shirt. And helping him remove the shirt is Jey Uso, Bad Cop. He rips that shirt right off the back of uh, Sami Zayn. But guess what? Is Sami Zayn kicked out of the bloodline? Do they need Sami Zayn anymore? Why? Yeah, the shirt's taken off and he doesn't want Sami Zayn wearing that shirt ever again. And since it's ripped, it can't ever be worn again. Because Roman Reigns has something special. He's got a brand new shirt for Sami Zayn. That's right. It says SZ, his initials. Honorary Oos. So that's uh, <clears throat> looking really good. He's got the respect of Roman Reigns and uh, what's that, uh, Solo Sokoa and uh, what's that, Jimmy Uso really likes Sami Zayn. The only Jey Uso, the, the, oh, this is getting good. This is getting good. And of course, Sami Zayn forces a hug onto Roman Reigns, you know, to the disgrin of Jey Uso. But even to worse, Roman Reigns just smiles, he loves it, dude. And he gives him, reciprocates the hug. Yeah, yeah, looking good for Sami Zayn and the Bloodline. This is this is great, great entertainment. Good stuff, good, good stuff. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen in it. I can only imagine this is next level writing. Oh, anyways, anyways, we got ourselves a match, uh, not a championship match. It's Liv Morgan versus Lacey Evans. Now, Lacey's hasn't been in the ring for a long, long time. And uh, now, Liv Morgan has a match coming up against uh, the lousy one herself, Ronda Rousey. Now, I call her lousy one. She's you know, rowdy, you know, whatever. Anyways, just to straighten that out. So, Liv Morgan's got a, um, a no-holds-barred match, I believe. You know, no disqualification match, whatever. They're the same thing. Against uh, Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules, I believe. Now, this only means one thing. Lacey Evans is there to be cannon fodder. That's right. She's there to do a job. It's a shame. Because Liv Morgan, she's very limited to what she can do in that ring. She's, uh, I think Liv Morgan is one of the situations where she was in the right place at the right time to become the champion. And that happens a lot. Dolph Ziggler has experienced this many times. You know, sometimes being at the right place at the right time is everything. Because the women's division in the SmackDown is horrid. Terrible. So, the match was this. Lacey Evans, <laughs> she, uh, she dominates the match. She was dominating and she had the camo on her half part of one quarter of her face was camoed up. 
you know looked like just uh, she looked like she fell down got a like nasty bruise on her forehead but no it's camel and she was owning the match and she was proving making a point so he's saying you're not hardcore you're not hardcore Liv and gets Liv gets all riled up I'm hardcore damn it but really the whole match was uh, uh, was respectable like uh, eight and a half minute long match with uh, Lacey Evans dominating the whole match pretty much until the end um, Lacey Evans has his, uh, tries to put his finishing move on uh, Liv Liv gets out of it Lacey Evans rolls out of the ring and picks out a kendo stick picks out a kendo stick and gets in the ring there and tries to swing at Liv Morgan she wants to get disqualified in this match I'm not sure what's going on but it happened so she swings Liv Morgan ducks the swing oh so she really ducks that swing Lacey Evans spins around like almost like Charlie Brown when he misses the uh, football with uh, Lucy and he's like acts the fool so the uh, she drops the kendo stick and she does a full 360 she faces around again where Liv Morgan does the they call it the code breaker you know the uh, Chris Jericho where he made up and uh, well I would call it the recoil which is exactly the same thing you know the modified lung blower so she easily she flops that on to uh, Lacey Lacey stumbles backwards into the ropes perfect place for the oblivion <laughs> she does the uh, you know bounces off the rope sits on the ropes and bounce backwards with the uh, uh, bleed like the flatliner you know something like that and she gets the pin one two three but here's the thing lay Lacey uh ever you know she really sparked the fuse on this and Lacey is clearly just the word can if fodder starts uh Liv Morgan she picks up the kendo stick and thinks about it she puts it down like no I cannot and Corey's like I knew she couldn't do it she's not hardcore and then she picks up the stick and she starts smacking the living shit out of uh Lacey Evans they go Lacey gets and rolls out of the ring and outside there oh my goodness she uses a she Liv Morgan goes for a uh, side Russian leg sweep with assisted with the kendo stick on the neck of uh, Lacey Evans. Now, I'm not sure if uh, Liv Morgan's ever done a side Russian leg sweep, but it seems to me Liv Morgan throws herself backwards into the, uh, you know, the barrier. You see set up by the barrier, by the uh, fans. And she, oh, well, anyways, she gets the side Russian leg sweep onto uh, Lacey Evans. She goes and sets up a table puts Lacey Evans on a table she goes into the ring climbs up the ropes and onto the corner post which is the larger corner post and she does a massive the biggest move I've ever seen Lacey, um, Liv Morgan do you know she went big I guess this is all set up for the uh, extreme rules so she goes on top of the you know corner uh, post and she dives off with a santon and smashes right through uh, Lacey Evans and the table making a point I suppose now it does seem I certainly hope that Morgan's not injured but she took a massive bump on that move and anything can be who knows she could literally be injured okay so now we go backstage with uh, uh, Madcap Moss and Ricochet making fun of Sami Zayn that's right they, they just uh they were belittling him as much as he could. 
talking about, yeah, you think you're part of the bloodline in your dreams. And Sammy's like, you know what, you, uh, you pick on me. You're not just picking on me anymore. You're messing with the entire bloodline. You don't want that. And they're like, whatever. You're Sami Zayn. You're a dope. And then uh, before they can finish insulting Sami Zayn, it's uh, Sol Skoa. That's right. The Enforcer comes in and smashes living hell out of both, uh, you know, Madcap and Ricochet. That's right. And uh, that Sami Zayn had to hold uh, Solo back. That's right. It's a different game now, sucker. Okay, anyways. We go to our next match, which is uh, not much of a match at all. This is uh, um, a, a ridiculousness. This is a, a show. And it's uh, the New Day. I'm not sure what's going on with New Day. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods versus Maximum Male Models. Uh, Max Dupree, Maxine Dupree escorting Macy and Mansoor, Mansoir into, you know, the match. Now, this match was like a, a very short match. A very, very short match. It was ridiculous. This match was a mess. Now, in this match... It was Xavier Woods in the ring all the time and taking the beatings by uh, both M Macy and Mansois. That's right. And uh, when Xavier Woods tries to go for the hot tag uh, and then Kofi Kingston looked like a hero. No, no, it's not the way because this is uh, match was probably put together by Xavier Woods. And, you know, so he's going for the hot tag, but it's uh, Macy comes in and uh, cuts him off at the pass and kicks Kofi Kingston in the face with a high knee knocks him off the apron and then he continues on to destroy Xavier Woods and then going to the top rope with a massive elbow drop smashing dropping the elbow on the top yeah he really squashed Xavier Woods but of course this is where the stupidity comes in um because Maxine apparently she grabbed a camera and she started taking pictures in the ring there I'm not sure why she's doing that for but she's taking some um headshots whatnot action shots while the match is going and she uh, while the, after this movie's done the gigantic elbow Massey uh, Macy uh, tags in uh, you know uh, Mansois and that's when Maxine asks for a photo op hey come here let's just make a let's take a photo and they all pose they get the, uh, Xavier Woods and they pose up with him and while they're posing, the picture's taken. Kofi Kingston finally gets back in the ring and drop kicks the hell out of uh, um, Macy. He drops out of the ring, and then Kofi Kingston, uh, Xavier Woods does what he does best. And his finishing move is called, uh, I believe it's called officially, in the rear. In the rear. It's a roll up. That's right. Um, now, he rolls up uh, Mansois. So Mansois takes it in the rear. This match was terrible. And of course, who gets pissed off? It's Max Dupree. That's right. Now I think Max is uh, thinking about getting uh, himself a new uh, director of music. Oh my goodness. I think this will turn everything around when he gets uh, Maxi Priest in the mix. Then they could be winners. But who knows? I mean, uh, it's been a long time since Max Dupree ever got into ring in an actual wrestling match. You know, back in NXT 2.0, he was a wrestler. Now what? Is he going to wrestle again? Will we ever see Max Dupree when uh, don his wrestling gear and hit the ring? Or is he just going to just be a promoter? Or well, I don't know what this is anyways. Anyways, next up, we got a match. We got a big match. 
It's a Braun Strowman versus Alpha Academy's Otis. Now the tail of the tape goes like this. The height of Braun Strowman's almost a full foot taller than Otis. That's right, 6'8 to 5'10. Uh, weight, Otis, thicker. But anyways, it, it, this whole tail of tape is ridiculous. It doesn't mean anything. It's wrestling, it's pro wrestling. You know, there's no weight class in wrestling. Anyways, the match goes outside a couple of times. The first time it goes outside, uh, Chad Gable gets involved. Um, looks like uh, Braun was gonna charge over him, like charge him through, but uh, Chad was ready. He uh, dove onto the ground where Braun had to jump over him, had to, you know. And this is where Otis gets his turn at uh, winning the match because uh, it was Braun Breaker until they fall out the ring the first time. Braun Breaker just throwing around uh, Otis until they go out to outside until, uh, yeah, Chad gets interferes and then it's uh, Otis taking charge for a little while until they go outside again. They Braun uh, um, Strowman gets the upper hand again, knocks out uh, Otis and then finally charges through, knocks Otis silly right onto the announce table, knocks Gable silly too. He throws back in Otis, but Gable, he doesn't let uh, Braun Strowman back in the ring. No, he holds onto the leg. You know, of course, the referee, Jessica Carr, does not see a thing because uh, she has her back completely turned. I'm still a fan of Jessica Carr, I don't care, I just say that. But anyways, Braun Strowman says, no, no, no. And he gets Chad Gable and chucks him right into the uh, timekeeper's area. He gets into the ring, but of course, for Otis uh, takes advantage of this uh, temporary, uh, um, you know, distraction. Then gets Braun Strowman to the world's strongest slam. Wham! Pin attempt failed. Second move. Otis goes to the second rope. Does a massive Vader bomb. Smash! Pin attempt. Two count. Now Otis decides to finish it off. I don't know what he's thinking. He goes to the opposite side of the ring. He gets to the second ropes. I guess uh, Braun Strowman had to roll towards him a little bit so he can get a little bit closer because there's no way he would have reached him if Braun just laid there after the move, after the, uh, you know, um, Vader bomb. But anyways, it was a quite a massive move. He got, uh, Otis still got far. He went for a splash, missed it. And then it's uh, Braun Breaker taking advantage, taking over and giving Otis a power bomb, putting Otis out of his misery. And of course, why not? Because that's what Alpha Academy is. They are jobbers. Jobbers. They both are push people now. I mean, they were tag team champions once, but those times are all over. It's like, uh, um, like I say, uh, Alpha Academy, they're following the same path as American Alpha. Hmm. And what is the thing that's uh, similar with the, that ties two teams together? Oh, Chad Gable. So I don't know what's going on with America, uh, with Alpha Academy, but nothing good. So we go backstage with Caleb Braxton, with the Brawling Brutes, Seamus, Rich Holland, and Butch, and Seamus talking about in two weeks' time, the SmackDown season premiere in Worcester. It's going to be a war in Worcester because he's uh, looking to take out Gunther. Gunther, Seamus, part two. But it's not about um, Seamus he talks about. It's really about, uh, um, what's that? Butch and Rich Holland, because they've got a tag team championship match against the Usos tonight. 
going to happen. But anyways, all Seamus can do is like, he, Seamus has got a new thing now. It's banger after banger. He, says, he ends everything with that. I think he just wants to end every interview with that. He's just, when he's got nothing else to say, it's banger after banger. Because we all know what this means. Bangers, where he's from, are sausages, or sausage links, or bangers. That's what they are. So usually, when you're having lunch, it's bangers and mash. So basically, he just wants lots of bangers. He wants lots of sausages. And I don't think he wants any mash. So that's what he's talking about for people who want to know what bangers are. They are sausages in Europe. They're called bangers, at least in uh, England, they're called bangers. And that's what he loves. He loves a good old banger. So now we go into the ring. It's with uh, Drew McIntyre in ring there. Uh, he's talking about uh, Karrion Cross. He's tired of being attacked and Karrion Cross running away like a thief in the night. So he challenges uh, Karrion Cross for uh, at Extreme Rules with a strap match. That's right. And while he's doing this, uh, um, you know, Scarlet marches down to the ring and gets uh, Drew's full attention. Or is it full? Because Karrion Cross tries to do a back attack in the back again, but you know, Drew McIntyre was expecting it, and they fight on, and McIntyre beats down, you know, uh, Karrion Cross, and then slipping on this very loose. These uh, strap, these straps have these two ends, these loops on the end, which are very loose, very loose indeed. You can easily slip your hand in and out. No problem. There should be some sort of tightener in there, but there isn't. There isn't. Maybe there's a due to safety, whatnot. But anyways, that's just nitpicking there. So while he's got the strap on, Karen Cross, Karen is whipped, whipped like the government mule, like a government mule, and just whipped bad and just beaten up. Um, Karen Cross tried to escape, but he couldn't because he's attached to a very loose-fitting strap. He gets pulled back into the ring, and he crawls to the corner where he's going to get whipped again like a government mule, where that's where uh, Scarlet crawls into the ring, slides in the ring, slides on top of her, man, carrying crossing. No, you slap him, you slap me, and I don't think you have it in you. And he didn't. And Scarlet, she uh, she had something in her, her purse, maybe. She pulls it out and she flings it at uh, Drew McIntyre. Now it's probably a wad of flash paper. Um, how it ignited, I'm not sure, but it's it's, it's great technology. Magic, they should go to the magic shop. Anyway, she flings that Drew McIntyre, misses his head. Maybe it bounced off his head and it lit, it, it, it uh, combusted, you know, far from his head. But anyways, it's a nice combustion. Um, nice little distraction. Karen Cross tries to attack Drew McIntyre again. Drew gets the upper hand. He takes down Karen Cross, but it's Scarlet once again. The savior, the Maurice, to uh, Karen Cross's Miz. Um, she comes up and with the massive punch to the nuts. That's right. Nut shot to uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. And that's right. He drops down like a sack of taters, like a sack of potatoes. Karen Cross looks like he's just like, yeah, that's right. He walks over top of him, but decides to come back and give him the stray jacket and puts him out. Now, this is hilarious that even though I say the strap is very loose, it was a very loose strap on his wrist because it came off naturally. Um, but this was pretty sharp. He cut himself. Karen Cross got a literal uh, a, a flesh wound, a literal flesh wound, a flesh wound off the uh, strap and not on his back, on his wrist. You know, he wasn't whipped on his wrist. It was just attached to his wrist. So that's uh, interesting, interesting design to those straps. Okay, 
So now next up, we got ourselves a, a massive match, individual women's division, and it is uh, representing damage control, being escorted to ring by the sexiest woman, it's uh, Bailey and Dakota, or EO Sky, and the matches between Dakota Kai and Raquel Rodriguez. Now this match was, uh, was a farce. It was a fiasco at best. It was a fiasco at best, a farce, a fiasco, whatever you call it, as long as you add one of those words. Now, it was basically, if it was one-on-one, -on -one, um, Raquel Rodriguez would crush, would throw and destroy. It would be a squash match between uh, her and Dakota. But of course, it's Dakota wasn't alone. EO Sky gets, in the, gets distracts. Then Bailey distracts, which gives uh, Dakota, uh, you know, she gets her scorpion kick on. Now, I gotta say, this scorpion kick just looks terrible. It looks sloppy. She goes, it's like basically handstand. She does a handstand and hopefully her leg hits her opponent's head or something. And it, it is basically a Hail Mary shot. Anyways, that puts her down. Dakota Kai runs up with a, um, a running a face wash kick. Puts uh, Raquel down a bit and uh, Raquel was moved away from, uh, or Dakota's moved away from Raquel by the referee. And while the referee's had his back turned to Raquel, Bailey took her advantage and smashed and took her took Raquel's head and smashed it on the ring apron itself now this is all this is happening in very quick time very quick time and because uh, like uh, almost two minutes into the match you know um, yeah no Jeff no almost a minute in the match I say a minute in the match we got ourselves uh you know, Shotzi, Snotzi. She comes, runs to the ring. She attacks Bailey for no reason at all. And then Eo Sky tries to help out, but then uh, Shotzi attacks Eo Sky too for no reason at all. And then it's uh, Dakota Sky going to the ring, going to the uh, ropes, saying, "What are you doing? What are you attacking me, friends, for for no reason at all?" And while she does that, now I would have thought, or Raquel. Maybe she does a, a, spins her around, grabs Dakota, spins her around, kicks to the stomach. Maybe a nice uh, Tejana bomb, you know, a cheeky Tejana bomb, you know, you know, shocking. But no, she does what uh, Xavier Woods would do. Exactly what he did. Uh, it was a roll-up, you know. And with one, two, three, although it was a nice looking roll-up, but it's a roll-up. And in no time at all, like a minute and a half match, Ugh, ugh, that's right. It was a short match. Um, Raquel wins it, and like usual, the end of the, we end this day for uh, um, damage central with uh, the typical thing: damage control on the ground, looking up at the people into the ring that taking control of the whole situation again and again and again. That's what happens. But hey, one day, damage central or control. We'll have all the belts, I'm sure. Okay, now up. Now up, it's the uh, main event match of the night. It's uh, the Tag Team Championship. 
the Usos putting up their belts up for line, up on the line, and uh, it's very rare that the Usos do, and I'm surprised they do it here because it's usually in a, in a pay-per-view situation. But it's the Usos versus the uh, brawling brutes, Rich Holland and Man Bun Butch, Floating Cap himself. Now, of course, uh, the most highest paid referee out there, Charles Robson calling the match. Charles Robson, you know something's going to go down because he's the one that takes bumps. Charles takes bumps in the ring, so you know something's going to go down. But, and something did go down, of course. Uh, the bad cop versus Sami Zayn. Jay Uso, you know, they'd go outside the ring. They fight outside the ring a couple times. The first time, uh, the Sami Zayn gets in the face of, uh, you know, the brawling brutes when they get down. But Jay was like, what are you doing? Get out of here. And the next time they go out there, Sami Zayn tries to do something to Pete Dunne out in the outside the ring. Referee didn't see what's going on. Jay Uso confronts, you know, um, Sami Zayn again. So yeah, there's a lot of tension going on with uh, Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. Something's going down. Something strange in the neighborhood. Anyways, now this match at the end sequence was this. It was, uh, now, Rich Holland and Pete Dunne had a few chances of winning in a match. It was a very good match. Match of the night for sure. Now, Rich Holland showing his strength. Um, the Uso is trying to bully around Rich Holland and try and give him a double super kick to the face. Rich Holland ducks those super kicks and picks up both Usos and then discards them both like garbage. Then gets, uh, I believe it's uh, Jimmy Uso. He gets him up into a power slam pose. His finishing move. Then uh, Butch with a massive kick to the head. And then with the power slam, they set up Jimmy for a loss. Butch goes for a pin, but it's Jay Uso breaks things up. Oh my goodness, things are looking terrible for the Usos. So uh, somebody's got to think fast, and it's the Sami Zayn thinks fast. He goes and grabs a chair, and he looks like he's going to pass into the ring, but oh my goodness. It's uh, Sheamus stops the whole thing. He grabs a chair off of, uh, Sami Zayn, throws it to the west side, and looks to beat up some Sami Zayn outside the ring. But before anything can happen, Sheamus is attacked not by Sami Zayn or not by or um, Solo Sokoa, not them at all. It was Imperium's that's right, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci come and attack um, Seamus. Seamus tries to fight them off and when he does he's attacked again with a big boot to the mush. Gunther takes out Shamey Shane, Slim Shamey. That's right. And, oh my goodness, this gets attention of Butch and Rich Holland. They go outside the ring to confront, see what's going on and see what they can do about uh, Gunther. Why if that happens? Pete Dunne gets knocked to the face by uh, J Jimmy Uso. And then Jay Uso super kicks Ridge Holland in the face outside the ring. And then, what's that? Uh, Butch gets rolled back into the ring. And then it's one and done. Jay Uso with a big victory. The bloodline comes out with a big win. And this is what I got to say. Who wasn't there? It was Roman Reigns. And I think Roman Reigns left right after the very first segment, the very first segment, when uh, he hugged Sami Zayn. After the hug of Sami Zayn, he went backstage and Roman Reigns went straight to the movie set or home, wherever. But anyways, 
the Usos, Jimmy J. Uso, retain their championship belt and continuing becoming the being the greatest tag team in all of wrestling. And that ends it for uh, that's uh, the last match of the night. But of course, a special highlighted matches for next week. They've got Shotzi. Uh-huh. She's taking on the leader of Damage Central or Control. I like Central better. Damage Control. It's Bailey. The sexy Bailey. She's got one hell of a body. Anyways, and a great mind and a great wrestler. Not to diminish Bailey in any way. Anyways, and of course, we're going to have Hit Row. Yeah, that's right. I say Hit Row and it's condescending like that because I'm not a fan of Hit Row. don't think they got much without uh, their leader. You know, Isaiah. Mr. Scott. Anyways, they're fighting the new, uh, you know, Lucha House Party in Los Loterios next week. Uh, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. And of course, to top that off, we got ourselves a massive, a massive tag team match. Ricochet teaming up with Madcap Moss. That's right. They're looking to lose badly against the team representing the bloodline. The honorary Oos, Sami Zayn, and his tag team partner, and respecting him tons, Solo Zukoa, who is also stripped of the North American Championship. If I haven't said that before, I say it again. Solo's been stripped of his North American Championship, not allowing to defend it. He defended it once successfully. That makes it. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, that wraps it up for another week of SmackDown. And also concludes this episode of the podcast. Now, for all you listeners that have stuck around for the very end, know I hold a very special place in my heart just for you. So, join us next week for an all-new episode of The Wrestling Show. And always remember, listener, you matter. Lewisling show, oh, 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 baby.